0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, how's it going?
1: It's going okay. What's going on, Bulls Nation? We're just uh, getting ready for this Super Bowl weekend that's coming up.
0: Uh, yeah, I know
1: everybody's excited because their team is in the Super Bowl right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got the Super Bowl weekend coming up, which is going to take some of the the focus off the Bulls for a little bit I mean we told you guys you know prepare for the best <laughs> <laughs> no I'm sorry <laughs> prepare, uh-huh. prepare, prepare for, for the worst, worst. hope the worst. for the best Right. <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it's kind of been the worst because the Bulls have lost four out of the last five games um
1: yeah like you really can't get much worse than that um some have been like just heartbreaker losses, and some have just been like, "What are you doing?" losses. Like it's just been a mixture of bad. So, yeah, hopefully things start to get better with uh, this next stretch of, of games that the Bulls have.
0: Yeah, I think the "What are you doing?" losses were the Lakers in Boston, <laughs> and then we had that heartbreaking one with Portland, and I'm. I, 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 To me, that still was not a jump ball.
1: No, it wasn't a jump ball. <laughs> and, you know, this is the thing. Um, the Bulls are fighting a couple of different things because they've had, you know, a good amount of injuries that has creeped up. And then you have the injury to Wendell Carter, which has really affected the chemistry. Although them having Sad in there Even though he's not starting, with having Thad come in there and be a facilitator from the center position has really helped solidify things with, um, you know, Wendell not being in there. And of course, I think right now, those people who were begging the coaching staff to consider starting Gafford are like really seeing what fully happens when you have Gafford in there. An extended amount of time, like good things don't happen. But um, yeah, like that's the one revelation I will say out of this last stretch has been the emergence of of Thad Young and what he's been bringing to the the Bulls team right now.
0: Oh, that has been awesome. I mean, he can't get that triple double, but he's been awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, he has been just. You know, just like I didn't realize I realized the uh, post play that that had from his years of being in Indiana. I didn't realize how adept he was at passing the ball and hitting guys in their spot where they could get off good shots. And just seeing the, the, the court so well, I did not know that that was in his arsenal because, you know, last year. We had Thad doing bowling things like <laughs> standing at the three-point line and um, just being a spot-up shooter. So it's been um, it's been quite the revelation with Thad this year.
0: Post up? What do you mean post up? No, stand at the three-point line. <laughs> that that was the the bowling effect on the Bulls, and you know we're seeing a lot of better things under billy donovan when you're not forced to stand three-point line laurie been in a lot better and you know thad is having one of his better years of his career where last year was probably his worst year of his career
1: yeah like when initially when they brought in thad i was like real excited because i was you know i I had watched him play with the Pacers for a long time, even though he's been around in different teams. But when he was on that Pacers team, I was like, oh, man, that's going to be a great addition to this Bulls team that doesn't have a really solid post player. And then when he came on last year, I was like, has he gotten old? Is that why he's out there just hanging around the three-point line? And just, like, he wasn't very good at it. You know he tried his best, but that's just not the type of player that he is. And so to see him getting like being put in a position that he's comfortable in, a position that he excelled at, um, it just really shows how bad the coaching has been for this Bulls team uh, the past couple of years. Well, it's been, been a, it's been a while since they've had a coach with any type of sense. Since um, Thibodeau left the team, yeah, it's it's just you you really see like with the construction of this team, even though they have a, a lot of good veterans who are playing out of their mind right now, like it's been such a waste for these young players and not being able to develop under a competent coach. Like y- you're always on a on a on a, on a clock with these players from the minute they get in the league to seeing, are they going to be star players? Are they going to be role players? Are they going to be uh, players that are going to be helpful in getting you to that next step? Or if, you know, possibly even getting to a championship, but just to have these last two years of Carter and of um, marketing just go, go downhill. It's just, it's just been amazing to see when you think about where this team is at now and how they're performing versus what they were doing under Boylan. Right. I mean, it,
0: you went from Fred Hoiberg to Jim Boylan and all those years with those guys that the coaches kind of stunned the growth of the team and you know, it they're still they said this was what a valuation year because they still really don't know what they have with what's on this team and from the bad coaches to you know the guys keep getting injured like Wendell's out again and he said that that's messing up the chemistry um Wendell was you know playing pretty good um even though he had the start Daniel Gafford crowd on his case. And, you know, once we have to start Daniel Gafford, um, we we see why Daniel Gafford was not a starter over Wendell Carter Jr. And we said that before, like, why would you start Gafford over Wendell Carter Jr.? And It made no sense. Um, But now after you're seeing Daniel Gafford's forced to play all these minutes, you miss a guy like Wendell. And, Hopefully, you know, he's not going to miss that much more time because this team is definitely missing him down in the post, uh, his playmaking ability, and, you know, his defense.
1: Yeah, like, especially for for a team that's not that great, you know, like going back to that Portland game um, where there was just nothing that they could do to stop Portland at all, like they were just scoring at will. Uh, they, you know, I don't, I don't remember them shooting the ball oh so well from the three point line, but it just seemed like Portland could get whatever shot they wanted to at any time they wanted to, um, and they, they were doing that from the outside. They were doing that going into the the paint. And what's been frustrating with these games versus the Portland and and New York. Uh, even going back to Boston and Los Angeles, even though I don't even want to talk about those loss, those losses, <laughs> Los Angeles and Boston, but teams being able to just get into the paint and just score at will. Like, I know that Wendell, his shot blocks have been, his his shot blocking has been down the past couple of years, but he still so has so many good defensive tendencies. And he's able to, like, try to push guys or put guys in the correct position while he's out there on the court. He's very good as a communicator. But, you know, the Bulls are missing that interior defense um, with a lot of these teams. They're able to slow teams down somehow. They get it together defensively in, like, the waning moments of the third quarter and throughout the fourth quarter. But it's just been telling – with them not having that presence of Wendell in the middle um, to kind of like, you know, be that guy who stops traffic, stops people from getting to where they want to be.
0: Right. And see, the Bulls really have nobody to do that right now. Um, They need somebody like that that could have, you know, Oh no got a defensive rebound we might have been able to pull out another game or two just off of a one key defensive rebound um pretty much the Portland game where you know they they knocked down uh a three I think it was off they got their offensive rebound knocked down three and then they get this outrageous five uh this outrageous jump ball call. Where both guys wrapped up Zach's body and not the ball, but somehow those jump ball, they get it. Dame hits the three at the buzzer, and that that was just like a gut punching loss.
1: Yeah, because um, you know, if I'm thinking back to that game, like Portland, Portland, they had a lead on the Bulls, right? Like it was a like a 18 point lead, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, and the Bulls managed to get back into that game. Um, You know, they got a a couple of different stops at key moments, and they were finally able to, like Markinen was having a great game, uh, one of his best offensive games uh, in his career. And, um, you know, he wasn't rebounding the ball all that particularly well, but, you know, he was scoring from the outside, doing what we expect Markkanen to do. And, of course, you know, we saw that, um Levine was in there. He started off slow, uh, but he really brought it on within the uh within that fourth quarter. So I, I kind of expected the Bulls to pull that game out. And also you have a five point lead with eleven seconds. Like I don't I don't see you losing that game really. But um, you know, Dame <laughs> made a play and was, you know, out of his mind, unfortunately. Um Markinen got put on him when when um I forget who rebounded the ball and actually passed made that winning pass to Dame for that three-point shot. I think it might have been Gary Trent. But um Markinon, he's not that great of a defender, even though he had good positioning on Dame to kind of try to alter the shot. But Dame just made an incredible play at the end. But yeah, like going back to what you're talking about. And what I was talking about before, the Bulls are not necessarily getting the most respect from the refs at this moment. And just like you were mentioning with that jump ball, like I've never seen a jump ball called that fast in my life ever. And even I, I question whether the guys even had their, their hands on top of the ball. Like from what I saw, it was a bunch of guys grabbing on – on Levine, and I thought it could have been an easily called a foul the way they were um grabbing on him, but again, bulls are shorted with um getting any type of any type of um calls or respects from the the officials at that particular moment
0: you're right um yeah i like I've seen like the picture of that moment and. Neither player has their hands on the ball. They both got body wrapped up because they were trying to foul. They weren't even thinking about trying to tie the ball ball up. They were trying to get the foul, and I don't know. The ref just calls the jump ball, and I was just mind-blown. I'm still mind-blown about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually – I mean, of course, the Bulls are like, what, four games – under 500 um, and you know they would have been three games under 500 you know or possibly if they pulled off a win versus pulled off two wins versus New York they would have been two games under 500 but it's those little games um, that those little things that happen within the game that don't quite go the Bull's way you hope that it's something that they get better at as the year comes around and these guys remember they didn't have a training camp uh, they didn't they hardly had any practice with each other. Guys are still learning uh, where they where each other's shots are and how the offense is going to be created, uh, especially in crunch time and you hope that that's something that continues to improve as the year goes around. but yeah it was it was a very disappointing call that unfortunately didn't go in favor of the bulls. Um, another thing that I'm seeing is that, I think that Kobe's confidence has kind of gone down uh, in terms of what he was doing at the beginning of the year, as opposed to what he's doing now. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The um, the start uh, Daniel Gaffer crowd has moved into the we need to trade Kobe, give up on Kobe crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been struggling. Like you said, it it seems like his confidence is down from what he was getting into at the beginning of the year. Um, But that doesn't mean, you know, give up on the guy. I mean, this is basically his first full year where he's learning the point guard position. And that's the hardest position to learn in the NBA.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, it's the hardest position to learn and he's going up against the top talent in the league. It's like every, every night it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard for Kobe because he's going up against some very good point guards. Like this is the age where there's been very, very good point guard play. And there's also, you know, pretty decent point guard play from a lot of the younger guys in the league, even, you know, I guess you could say De'Aaron Fox is a veteran in some instances because I think this is, what, his third year? Yep. So, like, even a guy like that, him being in the league for now with three solid years under his belt, like, you really see the jump in his level of play and how he's able to handle all the things that come with playing that position. I do think that it's going to um, take some time. Well, one of the things that I don't like is I don't see Kobe being quite as aggressive as he was in the past. Like before, it was like a couple of dribbles and he's taking a shot or a couple of dribbles and he's looking to pass. But now I think he's thinking a whole lot more in terms of how to help out his teammates. And even Donovan said that he's going to have to be good with the fact of not getting a whole bunch of of shots and trying to help out his teammates more but I really think at this stage like he needs to be aggressive and be aggressive early so that he doesn't get down on himself when the game you know starts dwindling down and especially if it's a close game where he needs to come up with some kind of play to help the team win.
0: Yeah, uh, but definitely like to see him be more aggressive, especially when, you know, Zach's having a slow start to the game. Um, You know, he kind of started off slow that went over the Knicks, but, you know, Laurie had it going. He had, what, 30 points, and we haven't seen a 30-point game from Laurie in how long?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know... (laughs) Like, just a side note, anybody who thinks that Zach Levine isn't a an all-star level player, I'm, I'm just looking at the defenses that he's been shown the past, I want to say past seven games, really, where, like, he touches the ball, and immediately he's getting double-teamed. And when he goes into the middle to make a drive, he has, like, four or five guys, and all of the attention is centered on him so he's been having to make all of these different plays to to try to help the bulls win while at the same time also um you know getting his his um numbers or getting his shots too so it's it's difficult because like you said when's the last time we saw marketing score 30 points and what's happening with with kobe so from from what I'm seeing, like the Bulls, even as well as they've been doing, they still don't have that consistent second player or partner that they can rely on when teams are doubling and triple teaming of Zach
0: Levine. Right, you can kind of argue the um, these last few games, the, the second best player on the Bulls has kind of been Thad Young. Um, yeah. The way he's been playing, I mean, you know, marketing had that 30-point game um, and it went over the Knicks, but then, you know, the very next game, playing the Knicks again, he put up nine points. Yeah. Four rebounds, zero assist.
1: And that was a game where, it, like, from the very beginning, you could just see, like, Thibodeau, he made adjustments, He he had his team playing a lot more aggressive against them than they were previously when they matched up on on the first. And, um, you know, they were getting aggressive with the Bulls, getting at them, uh, really getting into their space, not making it easy for them to make any shots throughout the whole entire game. And, of course, with them doubling and, and bringing all kinds of defenses Zach's way, he has to make the smart play, which is get the ball out of his hands. But just a lot of guys just didn't show up right from the beginning. Like that first quarter was just horrific. Like there was nothing that the Bulls were doing on offense. And they didn't really start to turn it around until around, I think it was around the third quarter. Um, Like, unfortunately, my wife (laughs) was like trying to talk to me and of all things, he was trying to talk to me about the Super Bowl. Like, for whatever reason, now my, my wife has become a football fan. So, out of 14 years of marriage, this week, she's all of a sudden <laughs> turned into a football fan. And she takes Wednesday night, as I'm trying to watch the Bulls <laughs> team play, Wednesday night to try to talk to me about football
0: and I'm like okay I, I'm trying to watch this game but <laughs> you know like I said, uh, it wasn't until around with the third quarter where you know the Bulls kind of turned around I think they were down like 19 in that game and you know they had a chance to win and I think when we were down maybe three or two points or something like that you know Zach has the ball and it's kind of was like everybody was just watching Zach. And I'm like, Well, nobody's gonna give him a pick. Nobody's gonna try to come to the ball. Nobody's cutting. And somebody's like, Well, Zach was being selfish. He called ISO right there. They can still give that guy a pick. They can still cut. I mean, yeah. I know you're trying to draw your defender away, but if you see he doesn't have uh any type of lane to do this iso and you know get to the rim why not start cutting why not try to give him a pick help him out you you're just standing there watching and you know it it didn't turn out good and we still ended up losing that game
1: yeah like you know i again wife was talking to me so i missed the majority of the third quarter and <laughs> all of the fourth quarter, except for the last three minutes. And, um, yeah, like, in that situation, you would, it would be nice if the Bulls had someone that they could turn and, like, free up Zach, allow Zach to actually move around, make some cuts himself, so that he's getting easier looks instead of him trying to hold the ball in his hands and, as you said, play ISO. But, again, like, Kobe White, terrible – terrible night um, didn't turn the ball over a lot and he had what around five or six assists but you know he just wasn't as aggressive and the, the book still remains the book is still out on on marketing like is he going to be that guy who is a consistent force a consistent level score that remains to be seen So, like, that's why I don't understand the hierarchy yet as to how the Bulls are playing. Because, in my opinion, it really should be Zach, Kobe, and then marketing. Because marketing hasn't consistently shown, and this is really like honing in on his growth as a player, he hasn't consistently shown that he could be that second scorer on the team. And this is that prove it year where, you know, we need to know what it is that we have in marketing before we decide to sign him to another contract or just let him go. And the the team seems to run a little bit better when it's Zach and Kobe looking for their shots or trying to get other guys involved as opposed to you know, trying to get marketing and having him be the focus and having him get started early, like That's
0: just my opinion, but that's what I see. Yeah. You know, with the trade deadline coming up, we've got a lot of Bulls Nation saying, hey, we need a traditional point guard that'll fix a lot of these problems. Let's get Lonzo Ball. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um,
1: But see, that's the thing. Like, what does Lonzo do best?
0: Um, apparently it's passing and defense.
1: See, you pause there. So if <laughs> if you're having to pause to see what a guy does best and he plays the point guard position, I shouldn't have to pause or you shouldn't have to pause to understand what Lonzo does best. Uh, like he had he had the opportunity to run the offense when he was in LA. Didn't work out quite that well. He's had the op- the opportunity to run the offense with quality scores around him in New Orleans. I know, like, you know, um, Zion Williams and um, Brandon the Young, those are still, at this point in their career, they're still quality scores that you would think that, you know, his assist numbers would just be off the charts as far as getting those guys involved because that's going to be where the bulk of their offense comes from. He also has um, – J.J. Redick to throw to as well, but he's you know, he's an average player um, as far as running the point position. Like, I'd say above average, and he's a decent defender. He's not a lockdown defender that's going to, you know, stop anybody on a given night. So it's like, are you going to get rid of a guy who's on a rookie contract for a guy like Lonzo who could vote in a year if he improves his value like let's say he came over to the bulls and you know he did a great job working with this team now you're looking at having to pay a guy with a limited skill set and maybe possibly get into a bidding war with other teams when you still have to decide whether or not you're going to pay markman what are you going to do with um, thaddeus young are you going to hold on to him so you know i don't really think that that's the answer that this bulls team needs they really just need to find somebody who, um, you know, I, I always thought that being able to go and get, like, a Derrick Rose, like, I, I've thought about that before in the past, right? I thought that might be a better situation for this Bulls team to take a little bit more of the ball handling pressure off of White until – and let him grow into that position. Because even with Saturansky, Sataransky's is not a pure point guard. Even though, like, the team, like, he, he does a good job of trying to run the team, but he's not a pure point guard. So it's like, I think you need to find somebody who's going to help elevate White's game as opposed to just getting rid of him off the roster completely. Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: Uh, I Uh so. I've never... Been a supporter of Alonzo Ball. Um, now I, I understand people are like, well, you know, under Billy Donovan, he he should really exceed, and you know, it'll having a tr- traditional point guard to help Zach out and take the pressure off of him. Uh, I, I still, I I just don't see it with Alonzo Ball. I mean, if there, there's been some type of reports that saying that the Bulls were interested in trading for him, and then. Other people are like, uh, "That's definitely coming from another team because Kornishov doesn't leak anything." <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean, if they trade for him, um, I would, I would have to trust AK. No, they he knows what he's doing, but I, I, I'm not. Hey, let's go get Lonzo Ball. That that's not where I'm at.
1: Is that ever the answer? when you are thinking about a team, let's go get Lonzo Ball. Like, I have this this saying, like, whenever you're making a decision or you're thinking about doing something, say it out loud to see if it makes sense to yourself. So like, you know, um, let's go get Lonzo Ball or let's drive 120 miles per hour on the highway. Like, when you say that out loud, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and then you feel stupid for saying it in the first place so I think they could apply that to the thought process of getting Lonzo Ball like if you say it out loud it just sounds ridiculous and you should never talk about it again
0: <laughs> let's start Daniel Gafford over window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah like this this often like you know everybody's like looking at a lot of the players around the league, like they were finished products when they first came into the league. I do think that uh, Kobe White has to become better at handling the ball because his handle, um, especially going left, it doesn't seem to be where it needs to be, like his ball handling skills. And even when guys start putting pressure on him, he starts to, um, you know, it's almost like he goes in the not panic mode quite, but like, you'll see him make some crazy decisions where, like, he thinks he's at that point where if, you know, um, somebody's setting a pick, like, he thinks that he has the ball ability to to uh, slip, to pass through the screen or slip through the defenders, I should say. He doesn't have that ball ability just yet. He needs to work on just making the easy passes. It's like the easy passes, that's what you want to see White improve on and improve on with his ball handling, but when you look at like Steph, when Steph came into the league, a lot of people said that there is no way that he could play the point guard position because he always, you know, he was played more of a shooting guard position in college. Uh, with Dame, Dame is not your typical point guard that's going to run the team. Um, he's going to be more thinking about getting his shot. Um, Russell Westbrook, who you know, I'm never, I'm not a big fan of Russell Westbrook, but you know, he's not your typical point guard. And I look at these guys, and I'm like, you, you can play this position with a scorer's mentality uh, if you hold on to the ball and look for ways to set up your teammates. So I, I think that Kobe can develop into one of those scoring mentality point guards who sets his teammates up but he's never going to be that pure point guard to lead your team like a Chris Paul or anything like that but I think that him just you know having that scoring mentality and making the simple pass is what helped this Bulls team out a lot because as we know turnovers have been a big
0: issue uh since since the beginning of the year Right, he said uh, about his handles. Like is it me, or does he dribble insanely high? Yes. <laughs> like
1: you, I, I, I will, I will watch games where like the ball is like coming up to his head sometimes. I'm <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you should be getting in a, a an easier position to handle the ball. That ball should not be coming up so high because. Of course, when it's coming up high like that, defenders can easily knock it out of his possession. But, yes, he does dribble extremely high.
0: I've just been watching the last few games. I'm like, why is this dribble up so high? Usually, you know, he gets stuck or he turns the ball over or he's got to get rid of the ball. And, like, if you brought your dribble down maybe a little bit more, (laughs) you know, maybe you could kind of get past guys better because he's got the speed.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. He has the speed, but, you know, his his dribble kind of reminds me. I don't know if you remember when you were back in middle school and, you know, you're playing basketball with your friends on the blacktop and everybody's trying to, like, do these cool dribbling moves, like, through their legs or, you know, just crazy dribbles like that where, you know, if you're playing an actual game of basketball of course the ball is going to get taken from you very easily but that's what his dribbling kind of reminds me of not that his dribbling is on par with like a seventh grader but you know like that's like with the high dribble and how loose he is with the ball it's just you know he needs to tighten that up
0: yeah i definitely agree with that um No, like I said, we've lost four of the last five. Uh, Back in action tonight and tomorrow on a back to back. And we're playing in the same arena against the same team. (laughs) We play the Magic tonight and tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, what that Magic team has not been doing well themselves. And I think uh, – I forget – I think the name of that four that they're still waiting to get back from, I think he tore his ACL or, or something happened with him. Jonathan Isaac was – Yeah. He was big for them. against. I remember the Bulls, whenever they played, it was really hard for the Bulls to match his athleticism. The guy is just so long, and, you know, he could make plays all over the court. Even though he wasn't a prime scorer, he, that athletic ability and scoring and being able to rebound the ball – were just off the charts for where he was at coming into the league. Um, So, like, you know, they're down him, and and Orlando's also down, I think they're starting point guard. Um, Wasn't – I'm trying to – I forget the name of their point guard that they had. Um, Former – what, former first-round draft pick by the 76ers? Um,
0: Fultz, Markel Fultz. Yeah,
1: Markel Fultz. Um, so he's down and out for the year. So like, but the magic still find a way to be somewhat competitive in their games. And the big thing that you have to look up is look at is that matchup with their starting center. Um, he's going to be a problem for him because that guy is playing at an all-star level level, right?
0: Now. Oh, Booyacic.
1: Yeah, Booyacic. He's playing, he's playing out of his mind. Like, I didn't know. He had that capability within him, but he's taking his game, even though it hasn't translated into wins, he's still taking his game to another level. Um, So that's going to be a big thing for the Bulls team to try to focus on defensively. How do you stop that guy? And then um, I think also Terrence Ross too. Like he just comes off the bench and it's just a walking three-point machine. So it's it's not going to be an easy task. But it definitely is a, a winnable game for the Bulls. But it's it's not going to be easy. It should be a little little bit easier with Kobe White in the point guard position because he's not coming up against anybody with any real talent. But, um, yeah, unless you want to say Cole Anthony is a talented point guard, but I don't think he is uh, quite yet. (laughs) He hasn't done anything stood out to me in his rookie year. So that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, um, and one thing about the Magic, they are one of the best, better uh, rebounding teams, and the Bulls are still going to be without Wendell Carter, and they're also going to be without Otto Porter. Um, <laughs> Billy Donovan said he, yeah, Billy Donovan said he is shut down for the time being from activity, and he did not travel to Orlando with the team. Um, think was he set out the last game. Against the Knicks because that first game he aggravated that back injury, mm. so that's he's dealing with the back spasms again, and he's shut down for the time being. So that's that doesn't even give you a, a t- kind of timeline of when we can get Auto back.
1: Yeah, and the crazy thing is, like, people are so like you got to start. Otto Porter, that would solve a lot of the uh, issues with the Bulls have. Well, that might be fine and well if he was actually available on a <laughs> basis, but he's not. Like, he, he seems like he's still in his 20s, isn't he?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I've literally heard nobody say this. Say what? I've literally heard nobody say, you know, we'll be better if we start off.
1: Well, it's just like looking at some guys who are like some talking heads for the Bulls um, teams and like, you know, looking at what what Otto does off the bench. They think, well, okay, if we had his type of input in the starting lineup, that would maybe help solidify things for them so that they weren't coming out. So, um, you know, so. So haphazard in the like the beginning quarter or the opening stretches, but it's like, yeah, there's been I've I've heard a lot of people point to that, and I'm just thinking, like, wh- what Otto Porter Jr. do you think you've traded for? Because we it seems like we traded for like 35 year old Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> who is not even out of his 20s yet. Uh, so. Yeah, like, that's the thing with this Bulls team. They, they have some decent talent, but it's just like having them all out there on a consistent basis, it's just, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? And also trying to build a team around Zach or build a team that can add to Zach's, um, that can complement him as a player, is very struggling because Porter misses time. And then you have... A window missing time, and then sometimes marketing has missed time, and then Saddle has been out with, um, you know, with the COVID response. So it's just been a lot of things that go into trying to uh, see which of these players are going to be there to help the Bulls when they take the next step, hopefully, in their real rebuild process.
0: Right, you uh, know, Otto. It's the last year of his contract. He's in a contract year. And, you know, to me, for him to not be starting the contract year where his starting job went to a 19-year-old rookie, it, it, it kind of made you wonder, like, well, what's going on here? I mean, I, I thought Otto worked better off the bench with the whole, you know, kind of been dubbed the vet mob. Um but I was thinking, you know, maybe they feel that it's better if he comes off the bench and doesn't play that many minutes because he's always somehow injured.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's pretty telling that in a contract year, like he he's had some decent games, you know, certainly nothing to like write home about where like, oh man, auto porter, yeah. Um You know, glad he's he's back with the team and everything's cooking like he's had one or two games that have been integral to the bulls wins, but as far as like consistently being that guy even off the bench, being that guy that's going to lead the team off the bench, he hasn't been that guy, and it's like i'm I'm looking <laughs> at his situation right now and I'm like okay he's he's working on the contract year. do you see any team? It's going to be offering a whole bunch of money to
0: Otto Porter? Because I don't. No. <laughs> like you said, I, I thought he would be like, you know, the main guy for the bench. And it has been Thad Young and Garrett. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see anybody like offering <laughs> to pay Otto any type of money. Um, I don't even know. You know, he he's an expiring contract, and teams usually like that during trades. But I don't even know if anybody's trying to take him as an expiring at this point. Yeah,
1: could you get anything for Otto Porter right now? <laughs> like I don't
0: um, by himself now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yes, not by himself. <laughs> there there has been a lot of like rumors out there with like the Bulls trying to pair up. Levine with like Beal I don't know even know how that would work as far as contracts go like who you would have to take that What have you heard anything about that
0: yeah i heard somebody say we're you know I forget who was in the trade I know Otto Porter was in it like take Otto back I think Laurie was in the trade as well and the idea was I think it was they wanted to give up Otto, Lowry, and Kobe. And their idea was you start Zach at the one, Bill at the two, uh, then you have somebody fill the three and have he will play the four with Carter to five. Oh, okay. I... Don't know how any of that would work out. Yeah,
1: I don't know how that would work out either. Even though when um when Washington had that stretch where like Wall was completely out and I thought that they lost their point guard too, um Beale did an exceptional job like solidifying the offense as far as playing that point guard role. Like I don't know if he would be interested in doing that maybe on a full time basis, but He did a good job when, um, I mean, when I say when Wall was out, Wall was always out. Uh, But yeah, when um, last year, when Wall was out for a significant amount of time, um, Beal actually did play that point guard position for the team. Not just when Wall was out, it was another point guard that was starting who who was lost to injury too. So I don't know, like maybe considering Beal could play the point guard position, I don't know if something like that would work. I don't know if we would get to play the three, but um I don't know that would be interesting right. to see though like somebody like yeah. fully competent to be paired with with um Levine and I'm you know I'm not even saying fully competent like like Beal's an all star player. And I think if you had him on a different team, he could be one of those lead players that could get you deep in the playoffs. That's my opinion. But, you know, with the game that he has, you know, I, I think that he gets buried in a, 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 with a lot of other guys because they don't have the talent to go with what he's actually able to produce on the floor. And Levine finds himself in that same position. But, I don't know, that, that would be an interesting trade.
0: The thing is, the Bulls are already not so good on defense. Yeah. <laughs> Zach and uh Bill really aren't good defenders, so you have in a backcourt of those two. Well, I mean, Kobe's not that great of a defender either. So.
1: No, Kobe has been yes. one of the most terrible defenders on this
0: team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you try to slap it together and see if it works.
1: I mean, do teams
0: even play any defense
1: anymore? I mean, I'm looking at that Nets team that they have out there. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like,
1: is anybody playing defense? It seems like everybody is averaging 140 points a game. And, uh, you know – you know, nobody's really playing defense that well in the NBA right now. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, it, it seems like even garbage teams are able to put put up like a hundred ten points a game from what's going on in the NBA.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Bill, you know, if you haven't been on the vote Zach Levine in All Star campaign, then are you even a Bulls fan? Uh, but, you know, the the first round results of the All-Star voting came back, and Zach is fifth in the East amongst guards. Bradley Bill's number one. Really? Yeah. It, it kind of surprised me that he had that many votes. I think people might have been voting just in
1: spite of everything, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like I mean, you take those those last couple of games. I don't know if you've seen any of the, um, the Washington games that they've had, but, like, there was – they played the Nets, like, not that long ago. And Beal was just not giving any type of effort on defense whatsoever. It wasn't until – like, he was getting shots up, but, like, just running back, just watching his man, not closing out on anybody. And it was – it was very interesting watching the, uh, the the highlight tapes of him doing that, even though that was a game that Westbrook wanted to win because, you know, he played with Durant and with um, Harden, and Beal um, managed to get a shot. Like, they, they had some wild sequence where I think they scored, like, six points in, like, a couple of seconds, like 10 seconds or something crazy like that. Um, but, yeah, like – I think people are like I think people are actually really taking notice of what Beal is capable of doing. Plus, I don't think a lot of people were quite happy with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden getting together like they have, and even like just the way that Harden forced his way out of Houston is just you know that might have been rubbing people the wrong way. And teams just or, or fans just like to hate on on. Team hate on players for doing that, so it it's a little bit surprising, but it doesn't shock me.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the Eats guards are number one: Bradley Beal, two's Kyrie Irving, three's James Harden, four's Jalen Brown, and then there's Zach Levine.
1: See the Jalen Brown thing, I do kind of get just because of what that team did last year. The Kyrie Irving and the Harden thing, I don't get one bit. Because, you know, Harden has missed a significant amount of games. And, you know, Kyrie left his team without even telling them where he was going. So, like, and all of them right now, like, none of those players are having a better, more consistent year than what Zach Levine is having. So, that's where it really comes down to the Bulls trying to win as many games as they possibly can because, you know, it, w- it would be disappointing really to see Zach Levine not get voted on to an all-star game. I think especially with the year that he's having right now, like it would be, it would be kind of a joke.
0: Yeah, I agree. But uh, it, <laughs> I don't know. You, you kind of already know that Harden and Kyrie are going to be in there just based off of their names.
1: But even like you look at like yeah, I guess. You know, I'm see the problem is <laughs> I'm using common sense and talking about also. <laughs> like that that's my bad. I I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, a lot of times with the fan votes, it's a popularity contest, so you know like I said, those two you already know they're going to be in. They're going to have Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant in the starting lineup for the All Star yeah. game.
1: Yeah. So I, I shouldn't have even opened my mouth. I'm I'm sorry. My content was useless for the past three
0: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. I mean, you know, hopefully Zach gets in on the coach's vote. Um. Oh. I don't know. The the East has quite a few guards, you know, Bill and Jalen Brown in there with Zach.
1: Yeah, like, so he's, no, because Tatum's considered more of a forward, right?
0: Yeah. Even though, like,
1: those positions, like, you know, get swapped interchangeably all the time. So I don't, like, to me, it should just be, like, your best group of players, regardless of position like if you have a bunch of forwards and guards like 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 nobody's trying to rebound in the all-star game anyway so <laughs> you know it to me it should be your best players
0: so oh, you know we got the back to back against the magic tonight you think you know we can pull them both off then we split again or <laughs> do we drop both
1: um well it's at orlando so they're like and actually, like, only an hour away from me right now. Um, I think it's one of those things that the Bulls, I'm going to say they split. I haven't had any faith in their, like, back-to-backs yet. So, okay. I, I'm going to say they split. And then Washington, they, they seem to have Washington's number. So, maybe that's two out of three for the Bulls.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I wanna say we get both. I really want to. Really? But I'm not, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we went on this what three or what four it was what three game win streak and then we dropped four out of five. Oh uh, I don't know. I I You would think that they could beat the Magic twice. I mean, we're eight and twelve; they're eight and fourteen. Um, but I don't. The Bulls don't have anybody that's going to be able to stop Booyah Chicks. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with the split.
1: Yeah, I, I, I felt you coming back over to my side. <laughs>
0: I really wanted to go for both, but I just can't do it. Um, <laughs> like you said, then you know we got Washington again, and you know the Bulls seem to have their number. Like you said, um, yeah, we've just been talking about a lot. Of Bradley Bill. Uh, we'll see him, and you know Russell Westbrook.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just looking at their record like they're 5-13. and 13.
1: Yeah. Granted, they've missed some time. Like, Russell has been out. Uh, Beal has been out. But, yeah, like, that. the way that team is constructed is just not in a very good place. Plus, they lost their starting center. So, um, yeah, so it, they haven't been in a good spot all year long.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I think we can pull that off. Then we, then we have uh Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, no, that will never be the headline. <laughs> Lonzo Ball and the Pelicans. I think you need to think about that. Again. <laughs>
0: I've just admitted this two guys, you know, we we've talked about it a bit in this podcast. <laughs> Bill and then ball. <laughs> I, I would never <laughs> include him as the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> under normal circumstances. Yeah, so. I know.
1: But yeah, I this stretch, you know, it's one of those where the bulls could easily go like three and one or and I could just as easily so seeing them go like um Two and two. I really do.
0: And then, you know, the know, uh, after the Pelicans, and that week is Kawhi and the Clippers.
1: Yeah, we'll just, um, we won't talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is, those three games next week are all in Chicago.
1: Oh, that is true. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a weird, like, they're playing. Oh, I okay, I see what the Bulls are doing. Like, not the Bulls, but the NBA is doing with making sure the back-to-backs are in the city that you are in one city. So, yeah, I mean, that'll cut down on travel time. So, Bulls don't have any excuses in Orlando. If they, you know, if they drop both of those games, I'll be very, very surprised. <laughs> I mean they shouldn't, but you know, with this team, like they're they're fun and exciting, but sometimes they put up some just some crappy moments of television. <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, uh we'll see. I I'm gonna go and say uh the this trip that they're doing, probably their five hundred. What do you think?
0: I think that we should Prepare for the worst, but hope for the best.
1: <laughs> and with that note.
0: <laughs> Does you want to give any final thoughts?
1: <laughs> uh can't wait for um for um Carter to get healthy soon so we can, you know, start seeing this Bulls team get on a roll. Uh you can catch me at he said, "What sports on Twitter?"
0: Yeah, definitely, we need Wendell back um, as soon as possible. Um, also, you know, if the Bulls come out and lose to the Wizards on Monday, they can just blame it on, you know, the Super Bowl. No, you can't blame <laughs> the Super Bowl. Paid <laughs> athletes—they got to go out
1: there and do their job. <laughs>
0: Blaming anything on the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys can get me on Twitter at Young Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I follow the podcast Twitter at Bull Nothing, O T H I N. And no, until next time, we're going to hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. Yeah.
1: <laughs> blame it on this super, like what is like <laughs> what are in, like middle school telling the teacher oh hey you know um my my uh younger sibling threw my my um homework away so i wasn't able to do it. no that's not an excuse can't blame <laughs> it on the super bowl you're a paid athlete
0: <laughs> do your job but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard him. do your job bulls. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, so next time.
1: Have a good uh a good win, Bulls nation. Tennis game over. The horn blows.